Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. We're at the WNSP studio in Mobile, Alabama. I'm here with my guest, Ricky Patterson, and I'm Joey Warner. Our producer is Nick Wiggins, and we have two very special guests in the house tonight, Joe Connick and Wade Ward. Wade Ward's brother, Lance, will be our first guest on the show tonight. We will get Lance on the phone very shortly. I want to thank you listeners for tuning in to the to the batter's box, and I want you to continue to listen and we were going to give you the best baseball news that you can have from Mobile, Alabama. I'm the author of the Mobile Baseball Connection book. It's a history of baseball in Mobile. And I want you listeners to visit my Facebook page, also titled Mobile Baseball Connection. My book's available on Amazon.com, or you can call me at 251-604-7387, or visit my Facebook page, and I can I can get you a personalized copy of that book. I'm going to start off tonight's show uh, with... Uh, my Yankees T-ball team at Municipal Park. We lost again to the Red Sox, 20 to 14. And for the second week in a row, a girl was awarded the game ball. Last week, Claire Butts won the game ball. And this week, Grace Smith was awarded the game ball. She's been on base 14 consecutive times. I got to mention my Yankees. It's my grandson Noah's team. And we're having a blast out there at Municipal Park. Again, I want to welcome Ricky. I'm glad you're here, buddy. You're my co-host. Joe, thanks for coming. Wade, thanks for coming. I hope we have a great conversation with Lance in just a few minutes. But I want to say this. In two days, Major League Baseball opens up March 30th on Wednesday. And this is the first time since 1968 that all, all Major League teams are going to be playing on the same day. So you got 30 teams, 15 games. So tune in. Wednesday night, let's see how the guys do. Again, we got Lance Ward coming up in just a few minutes, and later we will have Kyle Hunter, the Fairhope Pirates baseball coach, will be our special guest. They're having a great season, and he's going to talk some good baseball on a high school level. And right now, I'm, I'm going to give y'all people right what we're going to be following for the rest of the season, we Major League Baseball is 162 games plus playoffs and postseason. So we're going to be going to at least November with baseball on the Major League level. And what we have is the batter's box tracker. It's a brand new thing. And these are our local players from the area. They're either in the Major Leagues or in the professional level. And I'm going to give you these names. I'm going to work through them pretty quickly. Uh, uh, Brendan Donovan with the St. Louis Cardinals is a former USA Jag. He had four home runs in the in spring training. He's going to do big things for the Cards. Former Faith Academy player and Auburn player Josh Donaldson is with the New York Yankees. Josh also hit four home runs in spring training. McGill Tulin star Bubba Thompson is going to be starting in left or center field for the Texas Rangers. Adam Frazier, who lived off and on in Mobile when he was a child, and his dad, Tim Frazier, attended Crichton Academy. That's an old way back. And also was an outstanding baseball player at Faulkner State. His son, Adam Frazier, will be playing third base for the Baltimore Orioles. Former St. Luke star, Jeremiah Jackson, is with the Angels. St. Paul's star, Blaine Krim, is with the Rangers. 
Tanner Allen with UMS and Mississippi State star, 2001 Southeastern Conference Player of the Year and 2001 National Player of the Year is with the Miami Marlins, and we're hoping that he's going to climb that ladder pretty quickly. Maddox Bruns, number one draft choice with U- out of UMS, is with the Dodgers. Keegan Curtis out of Davidson is also with the Dodgers. Ethan Hearn, a star catcher out of Mobile Christian, is with the Cubs. Matt Peacock out of Saraland, a former USA Jag, is with the Blue Jays. Travis Swaggerty, who had a really good spring. He hit 379, 11 hits and 29 at bats. Hit three home runs, but they sent him to AAA. But look for him to be up with the Pirates soon. Ethan Wilson, another USA Jag, is with the Phillies. And it's not going to be long for he's in the big leagues. Michael Sandel with the Jags is with the Astros. Tyler Samanigo is with the Pirates. Zach Green is with the Mets. Tyler Carr is with the Phillies. Locke St. John is with the Twins. All of those are USA Jags, too. Also, we're going to be tracking Justin Steele. He's just a, a step over the state line over in Loosedale. played at George County, and he's going to be one of uh, the key pitchers for the Chicago Cubs. And this is what we have, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get behind these players and, and follow them this season. And uh, uh, we also have some people in the in the uh, in the big leagues that are that are in management. Wade and Lance's brother Turner is a hitting coach for the St. Louis Cardinals. Joe Espada is a as a bench coach for the Houston Astros. And Dan Jennings is is general manager with with. Uh, Washington Nationals as Bob Henley is like a minor league roving instructor now. He's been a coach. He's done everything for the Washington Nationals since he's with, been with the Expos. When, uh, If you ask Danny, he's the face of the, of the Washington Nationals these days. So anyway, uh, we're going to get uh, uh, Lance on the phone, but how y'all feel about it, guys? We're here at, at WNSP Studios, and R- R- Ricky, how was your weekend? It was great. We had a good time, and uh, I tell you what, I threw batting practice from twelve to six o'clock Sunday. I was wore out, Joe. <laughs> You're pushing seventy years old, man, and I, <laughs> my arm needs a little bit of uh, needs a little bit of work before I get out there. But uh, that's great, uh, Ricky. Joe, did y'all get to get hit over at Hutchinson's? Place? Yeah, we did uh, yesterday. Sure did. There was about ten of us out there that got to go out and do his ministry out there at Hutch, the Hutch Field, the Field of Dreams out there at the church. It's but ju- you know, we had a big time at uh, Saturday for the mobsters, right? So Williamson played center point and pulled out a ten nine victory at the bottom of the seventh, and then Lafleur beat center point thirteen to twelve, also, and then James Hattentine swept over Wallace Selma to wash it out right there at Duval Park, baby. That's that's Joe Connick talking to y'all. Wade, tell us a little something, buddy. You getting ready to talk to your brother? Uh, yeah, I talked to Turner a couple uh, days ago. Uh, Condolences out to his wife's family. Her mother, his mother-in-law, passed away uh, last week. Had the funeral, so uh, he came in town for a couple of days and had to shoot on back for going back to spring training. I I, I was able to see Turner. He came out to uh, to the uh, Midtown Optimus Club awards a few weeks ago when when his mother-in-law was sick. So uh, our our prayers and thoughts go out to. Turner and his wife Donna. Yep, everybody appreciates it. That's great, man. Well, I think we, Lance, are you on the line, buddy? Hey, Joey, I'm here. Hey, Lance, what's going on, buddy? Uh, uh, we got a surprise for you tonight. We have a couple of special guests in the house. Of course, we got Ricky Patterson, my co-host, and we got Joe Connick and your 
brother, Wade Ward, has has uh, came in here on, in the studio. And I'm going to let these guys talk to you. And, and I'm wearing my Bay Sharks hat and my Bay Sharks shirt and, and uh, in honor of you and Ricky. Ricky coached with Butch Hobson out there. And, of course, you did all kinds of things, including playing all nine positions when you were a Bay Shark back in 94 and 95. But y'all talk to this guy, man. <laughs> Come on, Jim. What's up, guys? All right, Lance. I saw you at the game for uh, Bishop. You know, we said we we're going to try to come down here and crash uh, Joey's party here, and I uh, got your brother along with me. So let's hear some stories about the Bay Sharks. <laughs> Just in general, here's some uh, stories about the Bay Sharks, huh? Well, um, I don't, I'm not sure I could tell the one about Butch Hobson down in uh, Mexico in '94. I could, uh, I could probably tell the short version of it. But uh, Butch was a great guy to, to play for. If you ever had the opportunity to shake his hand, you might want to be prepared with both hands because he had the strongest grip you would ever uh, shake in, in your entire life. So. Uh, uh, just note note that he had uh, hands of steel and vice grips. That's that's for sure. Okay, great story with the vice grips and all that. Well, uh, <laughs> what made you uh, play all nine positions that night? That I came and saw you, and remember I used to bogart a lot of tickets off of you, and come over there south and watch you play. Well, actually. Uh, uh, when we got to the game after bat practice, um, our manager, Ed Urak, was talking to Scott Seeley about uh, playing all nine positions. And I overheard it. I was like, well, you can't let Scott uh, play all nine positions because he's our only catcher. And uh, he's not too fleet of foot, so he's probably not going to do too well out in the outfield. So I, I was able to convince Ed I was the man for the job. So uh, he put me out and left, and I thought he was kind of joking at first. So I come back in, and I started headed out to left. It's like, no, go to center, then go to right. So next thing you know, I play all nine positions. Uh, I think I caught a ball and left, made a play at third, uh, turned to it short, and made a costly error at first base. It cost us a couple of runs, and that was the last game of the, the season. So um, the team we were playing, uh, the team from Louisiana, they had to win it in order to win the league. And we were, I don't know, we were 15 games out of first place. So it ended up, I went to catcher, which I'd never caught before in a game, high school, college, or anything. And uh, then I got on the mound, and I gave up three of the longest foul balls ever. But some way, somehow, uh, I got a ground out, I think, two fly outs at the, the warning track. And uh, we were losing that game five to three in the ninth. And we had a kid named Richard Seminoff who uh, came up bottom of the ninth, two guys on. It was actually, I was at third, and Jurak, I believe, was at second base. He put himself in, and uh, the kid hit the walk-off three-run home run, and uh, the place went crazy. Uh, we had 3,000 fans there. We grew a great crowd every night, and we ended up winning the ball game on the field, but when the league found out that Jurak played, the game was disqualified. So um, we lost on a technicality, and that team, you know, won the, the league, and it was over. So definitely a, a fun season and a lot of great memories, but being able to play in 
nine positions in one game was something I'll never forget. Well, Joey would know. Has anybody ever else in a professional contract? Has anybody ever done Tommy that before? Tommy Hearn. Tommy Hearn. And Tommy, I hope you're listening out here. Tommy actually played with uh, uh, Miami Marlins. Uh, I think they were like a single A team. They might have been in the uh, Florida State League down there. Ricky, one of the rookie league team, when when Tommy was playing a little minor league ball, he did the same thing. How about that? And that that was that was uh, before. That was actually before Lance. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you know, Tommy. Uh, you know, I was trying to get him to catch. You know, he was there at South Alabama with us, and you know, I tried to get him. He was a third baseman. That's really where he wanted to play. And I, he came I, over from Lamar. Yeah, yeah. and I was, and, and I, you know, we needed a catcher. You know, we did a we did that a couple of times. You know, there was a kid from Satsuma that I tried to get. He was a right fielder, and I tried to get him to be a catcher. And man, he hated it. You know, and he played in the major leagues. Oh my goodness! That's I'm trying to think of the kid's name. He, how, can, uh, how can anybody hate the catching position? That's the thing I don't understand well, at all. It, well, we know? all try to figure out who who loves that position. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, you find you find out pretty quick. But Tommy Tommy was a gifted athlete. You know, he he also pitched a little bit. Had a real good arm, and uh, I think that he got upset with us trying to make him a catcher. And I think he left, you know, South Alabama at the time and went somewhere else. And you know, pushed, you know, he had a pretty good career in what he did. And then he, uh, I had an opportunity to coach an independent league, and I would, and I told the guy I'd, I'd run into him in another league that we had started, in which you know West played in, and uh, he called me up, and Wade played in that league also. And, you know, we, I, I'm trying to think of the general manager's name, but he, he, you know, he called me up and said, hey, look, I need you to manage my team. And I said, well, you know, I'm thinking about getting back in, in uh, organ, organization. And so I recommended Tommy for the job. And, you know, they took Tommy as a manager, and that was his first year managing. And he, he managed that independent league that year. That was in Spartanburg, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. That is right. Yep. Uh, Mark Johnson was our manager in Greenwood, uh, South Carolina. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, well, that was a pretty good league. You know, that the league we had, of course, we didn't have any money. We found out, I think we'd been going about it the first month, and the guy that got me involved in all that, you know, he's telling me how much money he had, rode around, drove me all over the place in a Cadillac. And I said, well, he's got to have money. He's driving a Cadillac. He was big as a bus. Yeah. He probably had to have a Cadillac to carry his big fanny around. <laughs> but when, when we got to pay everybody and then all of a sudden, the uh, nobody had any money. There was, there was probably, I'm sorry, there was probably about 15 people that got paid. Yes. And it was the very first 15 people that went to the bank to get their cash, check cash. Well, they, they went to the bank real quick. I was one. And you... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Lance, when y'all I still got my check, Lance, when y'all played in this league, was Mobile not the biggest crowd y'all would play in front of? It was uh, well, that or Louisiana. They had a team in uh, Shreveport that was pretty good, but overall, because uh, I played in several independent leagues, and overall, that league drew more than anybody. But uh, Mobile, I think we drew a hundred thousand fans in. 1994 so it was it was packed uh just about every night that we played and you know uh maybe it was because i hadn't had baseball in 40 years maybe it's because because south alabama's dry campus also they, they was able to sell beer at the game so i think uh the people like to partake in the beer and also uh, have a good time watching baseball 
I mean, that's what you're supposed to do at a ballpark, as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. It's called it's a pastime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Un American if it isn't. It really is. Beer. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Good times. Apple pie. <laughs> you got it, brothers. Hey, I, I, I attended a lot of Bay Sharks games back then. That was it was it was some fun times. And you know, here we are with that. We got a, we have a stadium, no baseball team. Uh, we could be the ground floor getting something back here. I don't know. What do y'all think about my attire here? Do y'all think I look all right? I'm dressed I all think right? you got it going on. You got the brand new uh, Bay Sharks jersey on. A brand new. He's the he's the mini pearl of the Bay. Sharks. He's still got the tag on his hat. I got four of these hats, and they, hey, these still they're thirty the years old. Yeah. What they did real quickly, and let me get let you get back to uh, Lance is is uh, back then their souvenirs. They had a little souvenir stand, and they said, told everybody they had to get rid of everything. They said for fifty bucks you can carry as much as you want. Well, and you man, backed the truck up, didn't you? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you right now, I got a pretty good memorabilia at a Bay Sharks thrift store going and, on. Hey, and I want everybody to look. There's already something out there on my Facebook page, Mobile Baseball Connect, Mobile Baseball Connections, already out there. So y'all check it out. We're gonna have some Mobile Bay Shark stuff on there tonight. And Ricky, t- tell them about you helped uh, Butch Hobson coach out there. Well, see, Butch had just come out of the major leagues, and. He was, you know, he was looking around for a job, and it was hard for him to get back in because he'd gone through that problem with the Boston Red Sox. And I think everybody out there, I really, you know, that's water under the bridge now. I really don't want to bring up anything about what happened. And so, Butch, uh, I had recommended they had called me, and I went in and talked to the general manager, and you know, they, and I had told them, I said, look, there's a guy out here to be great for uh, your organization, and he, you know, he needs an opportunity to get back in, and I recommended Butch Hobson for the job. I told him that I was really interested in getting back in and organized baseball at the time. And so Butch, you know, they interviewed Butch and everything, and you know, I, I backed him 100% for the job. And then Butch called me, you know, and he said, "Well, they offered me the job." I said, "I want you to be my assistant coach." I said, "Butch, you know, I'd love to. I'll help you in any way I can." But what I really wanted to do, you know, I was going to try to get back in organized baseball at the time. And you know, we it, we talked a lot, and uh, you know, recommended players and stuff like that, and said I would help him any way. But basically, I was looking for another job in uh, professional baseball. Okay, that's that was some fun times. Wade, uh, try to get get something out of Lance and say something to Lance and see, quit being shy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being shy. I'm letting y'all uh, handle your show. Uh, I, don't, I, I know everything there is to know about him, so I don't. I really don't have any questions to ask him. I, would, I could only ask him to fill in what I don't know, and I don't even know what that is. Well, let me say something. Is right. uh, we're talking with with Way Ward and Lance Ward, the, the famous Ward brothers. There was four of them that played baseball. Four of them that played baseball for Faulkner State. Wes, who used to be my roommate at Faulkner State. Turner, who's a major leaguer, Wade, who had a great career, and Lance, who had a great career. And they also have a brother named Jay. That's correct. And a sister named Jody and had two wonderful parents. So that's who we're talking to tonight. But get back to uh, Lance, Wade. All right, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> tell, them where, tell them where you got your, uh, your real talent from. It, it wasn't only just at the ballpark. It all started in the front and the backyard. 
in the neighborhood. Yeah, we were like every neighborhood. We were all uh, well. There was there was like Joey said. There were six of us and nine years apart. So we were if we weren't at the ballpark playing baseball, football, or basketball, whatever we were doing, we're in the backyard making up games and and, and playing. And you know, my dad probably liked to take credit for our athletic ability, but. I can remember being 10, 11 years old, me and my buddies in the backyard playing uh, tennis ball, and we'd just made a new dirt diamond in the backyard, and my mom was walking by, maybe doing some watering plants or you know, doing what she was doing, and um, I asked her to come over there and take a couple swings, and she said, no, no, whatever. So uh, next thing you know, she agreed, and the boys were kind of giggling in the background, and I threw one in there, tennis ball right down the middle, and she smoked it. And uh, the look on their faces whenever uh, she uh, hit the ball probably over the, over the pool, I knew right then and there where we got athleticism <laughs> from. So no offense to my dad, but uh, my mom is where we got the uh, athleticism from, that's for sure. And speaking of, you know, our parents who have passed away now, but they were great parents and role models and supported us a ton. But um, there was a point in time where Wes was at South, Turner was at Faulkner, Way was at Satsuma, I was at Norton Park playing, and my sister was playing at Neighborhood Park softball. So one night, we're at five different parks. You know, our parents don't know who to go or watch. So, of course, uh, my mom, she come and watch the baby, which was me, at uh, Norton Park, and then probably probably watch Wade. Wade was probably playing in an important playoff game in high school and Wesson Turner, you know, so that my my parents had five different kids at five different parts and, you know, probably watched an inning or two of each of them each game. So that just goes to tell you how supportive they were, you know, for us and I can remember after every game and it sounds like a cliche, but if you went five for five and five doubles or oh for five and five five strikeouts, it was always good game. Good game and pat on the back. So you weren't get, going to get praise for a great game, and you weren't going to get, you know, why didn't you hit the ball? Why didn't you swing the second pitch? Why didn't you do this? So it it made it easy on on us. I think growing up, to, you know, you struggled some games, and some games you you didn't, and they were always there to support you. So that's the main thing I remember about growing up is just uh, you know the support that we had. I'm going to piggyback on that, and I'm going to give Lance his uh, props on uh, my dad. He was a, he was an athlete. He played baseball and basketball. Now, he graduated from a class that had 10 students from Kenston, Alabama. They were a 1A school. They won the state championship in basketball when they was in 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So whenever he got done – high school he had his mindset that he was going to be a veterinarian he hitchhiked from kenston alabama to auburn and never came home one time because he didn't have no money when he came back home the next time he was a veterinarian wow and my mother was actually a state uh track champion out of leaksville mississippi and also an archery champion i think that's where i get the hunting from so yeah, go. but you can't shoot the bow. It's only the rifle. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lance, I tell you, uh, uh, it's it's been great having you on tonight. We we only have a limited amount of time, but but uh, 
But you know, we it's, you've you've had a wonderful career. You have a son, Cooper, that's pitching over at Bishop State. Say a little bit to Joe Connick about that. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Cooper's over there. He's a freshman this year. He's got in a, a few innings. Uh, he currently leads a, leads a team right now on home runs given up. So uh, he he throws strikes, but maybe he throws too many of them. Uh, but I think that 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 you're gonna be surprised at the Bishop State team. They started out slow, but uh, they got about five or six kids in their starting lineup from Mobile and Baldwin County. The third baseman's committed to. Um, Alabama. Alabama. Their three outfielders can go get it. And uh, you got the Bryce Eddington kid. He's in left field. Um, Tyrese Rooks, uh, Eddington's from St. Luke's. Tyrese Rooks is from St. Paul's. And then Rashad Robinson is from uh, Mobile Christian. And there's not too many balls to get on the ground with those three out there. And so um, the Coach Hattenstein and Coach Hunt and Coach Jan LaFarley, the pitching coach, they've done a phenomenal job with that team. And uh, right now I think they're about, I think they're maybe eight and four. Um you know, in in conference play, as you know, that's the that's the part that counts. And so, uh, I think they're getting hot right now. They're really starting swinging, playing some good defense, and getting some quality pitching. So, uh, by the end of the season, I think you'll hear more about uh, Bishop State. And so, uh, they're they're exciting to watch play. And I'm proud for James and uh, Coach Hunt with the phenomenal job they've been doing. And you know, and just going out there Saturday after. Uh umpiring there at Williamson and Centerpoint and sitting next to you in the stands. It was a packed house that day. And then to see the guys, how they were all interacting with each other, it's really a a, a, a well-unified um, team, I would say, just watching them. And it looks like they're having a great time, especially when they're winning. But, uh, uh, Lance, I just stopped Joey uh, before he cut you off with anything because I have to say something about being kind of like invited into your family, whether you or your brother, but especially Wes. If it wasn't for Wes Ward, uh, I would not be the uh, be involved in so much baseball around here. And when I came back to Mobile and talked to Steve Watley about where baseball was being played, he told me that Wes had a team down there at Texas Street. And then when I got a chance to meet Wes down there at Texas Street, and he didn't know who I was and just a catcher they didn't know anything about to try to take Watley's place. I mean, the rest was history after that. We played baseball for, you know, many, many years, you know, and it and just being invited into your family, I, I just wanted to get it recorded today that I am the most uh, grateful person in Mobile, Alabama to have run into your family from all of y'all, from Wes, Wade, you, uh, getting to meet your sister and especially your brother for allowing this old joker that was just a nobody that barely got a chance to play to be able to play uh, 30 and over ball at Texas Street to win the Amateur Baseball World Series in 1994 when baseball went on strike. But I wanted to record it. I, I don't want to make it weird or anything, but I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your family and the, the, the inviting this old joker into your house and being able to be part of so many teams and so many good times on the field. So I wanted you to just know that and sitting here with Wade, you know, I pulled him out of uh, dinner time with his wife and all that and said, come on, we're going to crash Joey's party. So he jumped right in there. But who would have ever thought you would have been the guest tonight? Well, uh, those are, um, you know, kind words. But, Joe, we love you, love your family. And, you know, Rick's been around Wes since the late 70s, early 80s, and he's part of the family. And Joey being 
Um, uh, Wes is really made at Faulkner. I mean, it just you know means a lot, and you guys are great and supportive of Wes, and you come and see him, and we appreciate and love to to see you guys. And for anybody out there wondering, um, you know, Wes is, is doing great. He's got the best attitude ever. If you you ever feeling down and need to pick me up, just go see Wes. He'll put you in a, a great spirit, and we appreciate you guys mentioning that and, and supporting him. Certainly do. Well, Wade, I mean, well, uh, Wade and Lance, uh, uh, if there's any way in the future uh, we can coach him through this or whatever, we, we want to try to get Wes on this air. We want to try to get him on the show one night, and and maybe we can do that. But because all four of us and are very very close, or all three of the, me and Ricky and Joe are real close to Wes, always have been, and we love him and. Uh, again, thanks. Thank you, uh, Lance, for coming on. It's, it's been an honor for you to share some of your your Bay Shark stories. And uh, this this is what baseball is all about. This is what this show is all about. It's for us to have fun and talk about the history of baseball, talk about the future of baseball, and just pull together as a group. It's a team concept. Thanks again, Lance, for everything, buddy. Have me. All right, man. We'll talk to you after a while, buddy. All right. <laughs> Hello, we're back in the batter's box here on WSNSP now. You're listening to Joey Warner. We've got Ricky Patterson, Joe Connick, and Wade Ward. We're getting ready to talk to Kyle Hunter, the, the baseball coach over at Fairhope. But first of all, I'm going to go through a little bit of my collegiate and my high school report. Like Lance was saying, Bishop State 16 and 13 overall. They're 8 and 4 in the conference. University of Mobile lost to number 14 Loyola 2 at 3 last weekend. They dropped to 21 and 6. The USA Jags have lost 9 of 10 now, and they dropped to 9 and 15 and 1 1 and 5 in the Sun Belt Conference. Spring Hill Badgers improved to 15 and 12 and 13 and 4 in their conference. And there's your college report. And of course, we have the home run tracker and when we go through the home runs of the players that hit home runs in high school last week cooper nix of daphne hit a home run copeland bowman from saint michael bryant durbin hit his third home run for baker hunter nichols of murphy hit a home run landon adams of cottage hill hit a home run and landon adams of alberta hit a home run so what you got two landon adams you got Alex Bennett hit his third home run for Mobile Christian. Miles Harbison hit a home run for Bryant. My, Michael Tipton also homered for Bryant. Parker Lomax homered for Daphne. Faith Academy had Slade Sullivan, Gavin Pruitt, and Caden Brown went deep. And Connor Robinson hit his fourth and fifth homers of the season. He's tied with, with the player from... Uh, Baldwin County, Trevor Murphy with, with five home runs apiece. Taylor O'Dell out at St. Paul's has four, Ricky. And Ethan Parnell with Robertsdale went yard. Josh Gunther hit his second home run for Bayside Academy. Hayden Johnson at Satsuma hit his second. Drake Howell hit his first home run. Jamison Curtis of Saraland hit his second home run. Nolan Phillips of Fairhope went yard. And Ben Buxton of Saraland hit a home run. Joe... 
in front of you, you got the, the the records for the high school teams in the Mobile area. Run down that list before we get Kyle Hunter on the line. All right. Appreciate the honor. Your high school records are as such. St. Paul's leading the race at 15 and 5. Robertsdale at 15 and 7. Satsuma at 14 and 4. Baldwin County at 14 and 7. Sarah Land at 13 and 6. Mobile Christian 13 and 6. Fairhope. 13 and 8, Gulf Shores 13 and 9, Bayside Academy sitting at 12 and 6, UMS at 12 and 7, Faith Academy at 12 and 8, and my very own Baker Hornet sitting at 12 and 9. Spanish Fort at 12 and 10, and Hutch's Bay Shore Christian at 11 and 4 in the, what are they, 1A? 2A. 2A. They moved up to 2A. 2A powerhouse with all 30 people in the senior class. <laughs> they, they, they've done good. They've got a good ball team over there. Thanks, Joe. My pleasure, Joey. Coach, Coach Hunter, are you there? Hey, Coach yeah. Hunter. How you doing, Coach? Good, Joey. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, buddy. Glad to have you on, man. I just want you to know that that you're in the house tonight with WNSP now with uh, my co-host Ricky Patterson, Joe Connick, and Wade Ward. We just got through Tonka to Lance Ward, and uh, we're honored to have you on, Coach. Uh, first of all, how'd y'all do today, Coach? Uh, kids played good today. We came back after a long break for the weekend with spring break and uh, played Rehoboth. Uh, one eight to nothing today. So, guys, kind of kept the train on the tracks for us today. Great. That's seven seven in a row and eleven of the last thirteen. We're not jinxing you, coach. We're pulling for you. You. you I hope you know that. But uh, t- tell us a little bit about your team, coach. You know, we've we've got a veteran group that's come back. Uh, I believe right now we're starting eight seniors every day, or seven seniors in the field, depending on who's pitching with us. Uh, only junior everyday guy we have is Nolan Phillips in right field. Who he's he's really blossomed into his own. He started every day as a sophomore for us and done a really good job of continuing with it. And um, Jackson Hatcher at third base, side with LBW, Holland Brock behind the plate. He's really been a cornerstone for us these last couple of years. Uh, also an LBW commit in Andalusia. Uh, ben Mosley. Started every day at shortstop for us last year. Uh, grew up a lot during the offseason. He's a two-sport guy, plays football. And I laughed with him back during the fall, and I said, you know, you're the guy every Friday night I see catch the ball and limp to the next spot. And the next play, you catch the ball and you limp to the next spot. And so I think just that physicality that he had to go through in football has really helped him a lot with baseball this year. You know, he uh, he's comfortable when he gets in those situations and make good plays. And at second base right now, it's been kind of a shuffle. Harrison Sparks had an arm issue, uh, started every day last year for us, a senior as well. Uh, he's kind of shut down right now, just DHing for us. Uh, with a labrum, can't throw, but we're trying to protect his arm until the weather gets better. So we got a couple of other guys that are filling in there. And, uh, Jacob Conway at first base, signed with Mobile. He's done a good job defensively. He's been a steady Eddie in these last couple of weeks. He's really come on uh, with the bat offensively. So it, it's been exciting to watch him get that confidence. And probably the uh, the biggest surprise that we've had is Caden uh, Creel. You know, he played baseball his freshman year, and he decided not to play these last two. Uh, he's a three-sport athlete, signed with Jack State as a quarterback. And 
in left field for us every day right now. And he's really been a spark plug for the offense in the bottom half and just the athleticism he brings to the outfield. Um, has kind of matched the speed of Brooks Brassfield in center and Nolan in right. So it's it's been a fun group. Uh, the thing that we questioned early was how quick our young arms would grow up. And I think we have eight sophomores who are getting mound time for us right now and then a couple of juniors. So once we started throwing strikes, baseball got better for us here in Fairhope for sure. Well, yeah, Coach, you were telling me that you, you kind of uh, pitch by committee. You can – put just about anybody out there and let them throw for a little bit and and get through and this week y'all have a, a pretty pretty tough schedule here talk about that coach uh played Rehoboth tonight tomorrow we play uh a community west out of illinois who traditionally has a really good team so I'm, I'm anxious to see what they have this year and what kind of challenge we're going to have. And then we roll back into Wednesday with a doubleheader with uh, Hueytown and Spanish Fort. So it's going to be really good baseball the first half of the week this week for us. Well, Coach, explain to to the listeners about the area play uh, out there in, on the high school level and, and, and what, what, what you're up against and what the other teams are up against when you go into the area, area uh, games. You know, I, I was talking to uh, one of our parents tonight about that, that they didn't understand that you play all these games basically which become preseason games until you get to the end with us being 7A and only having a three-team area with Daphne and Foley. We really don't play a game that matters until April 13th. And so, like you and I talked about, you know, it's, we don't want to put any mileage on these guys really tax their arms until we have to. And we've been careful with their pitch counts. Um, we've let some guys go into some situations where they had to battle out of jams and, and just face the adversity. But, you know, every day it's, it's that fine line of trying to create adversity and, and still find success at the same time for the whole unit. And, uh, you know, once these guys have really bought into it, there's no pressure in me throwing because I'm going to be back out there in a couple of days anyway. So just go out and let's give these guys behind me a chance to play defense and then we'll go. You know, so that's April 13th, I think the 13th and the 14th, we have Foley, and then the week after uh, will be Daphne, and the the two best out of those three will be the ones that carry on into the postseason. Hey, Coach, uh, this is Joe Connick here. I had a chance to be on the field with you as an umpire there when y'all faced off against Auburn and the unfortunate situation that happened there uh, on the field. But I, I just wanted to tell you, I like the way y'all play, and I really uh, like the way that your uh, catcher handled himself. As a former catcher, we talk about catchers being quarterbacks of the defense and taking charge of the defense, and I saw that in him. And I like the way he handled himself out there and the way he kind of took control of the situation when things started to kind of unravel just a little bit. But y'all battled him well, and I was very impressed uh, with how y'all were uh, handling yourself, especially that catching position, man. Yeah, the Holland, Holland's been that guy for us. You know, like I said, he has been the cornerstone for the defense. Uh, he's a three-year starter. He's a great player. He's a better person. Uh, he's just one of those guys that he doesn't walk past issues every day in life, whether it's here at the ballpark. If he sees something needs to be done, he doesn't wait and ask an underclassman to do it, or he doesn't watch somebody else do it. He's always the guy that jumps out there first. Uh, you know, great example of that was he was playing in a fall game over at University of Mobile on a Sunday last fall, and 
he wasn't the catcher that was in the rotation. It's a very relaxed environment. And guys are just playing and getting reps. And he saw that the catcher made the last out. And so he grabbed his mask and his glove, went out, warmed up that pitcher for their team. I don't know where the kid was from. And uh, one of the college coaches over there, he walked over. He said, you know, I've been coming. And that's the first time I've seen a player take the initiative and go do it on his own. And uh, I said what impressed me more than that, I think, is that he saw a Snickers wrapper when he was running from home plate to back to the dugout, and he picked that up. You know, but this uh, any time that our guys have faced any type of adversity or anything, um, yeah, he's he's done a great job of settling down and just talking guys through and communicating on the field. And I, you know, if he continues to do that, which I know he will, I, I think that's really going to help us be successful moving forward and giving us a chance to be competitive for sure. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, this is Wade Ward here. Hey, I played against uh, Fairhope back in the 80s, and back then they had won state championships back to back to back. And I know since the addition of, what, six or seven? 83 and 84. Yeah, 84. I played, yeah, 85, 86. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they had uh, won the district or area for the last 10 years or something, and we got lucky and beat them one time. Uh, my senior year. So, uh, and I'm not saying that the talent are, has been watered down at all, but with the addition with Daphne and Spanish Fort, Bayshore, all those new schools, I, I'm assuming you have uh, to have extra players, not extra players, but you're going to have players that play baseball, basketball, football on your uh, team as well. Could you talk about that a little bit? If you have uh, players that play dual sports or trips? You know, I'm I'm a big supporter of multi-sport athletes. Um, I, I know that it helped me as a player when I was these guys' age over 20 years ago, and it probably helped that my dad was a high school coach for 36 years too. And all I knew was when you roll to the next sports, you go play that. And uh, right now, our catcher. Uh, second baseman, shortstop, left field, center field, right field, and four arms we run out, all those guys play football. And our left fielder, he's a three-sport athlete. And uh, we've got another guy, Dixon Davis, that came out this year that um, on our practice days, he will go run track. You know, so any time that these guys want to compete, I want them doing that. You know, and, and I think that that there's a physicality that comes from football that helps with that mentality. I really do. And I understand it's not for everybody, but um, and, and it's not favoritism towards those guys. That's just kind of how it lined up for us. But I think any time when you see good athletes, especially at the next level after this, uh, you find a lot of those guys, that they're just competitors. You know, and, and the good athletes, they, they love to play and they love to compete and, and they do it in those other sports too. Well, Coach, I applaud you. This is Joe Connick again. Listen, man, I just want to tell you that I applaud you giving them that avenue to do that because baseball is a mental, enduring game, and too much of it can burn you out. And it seems like I'm finding a lot of students that are, or a lot of players, student athletes that are putting all their eggs in one basket seem to be getting burnt out after high school, and uh, they don't get that experience of going off to college. So everything I've always understood about you know, the baseball and football thing was, you know, when you played this football, you got a chance to unleash that altered state, that dark side, and go out there and try to hit somebody. And then baseball was more spring, and you, you kind of eased into it, you know. But sometimes I worry about that year-long playing one sport, putting all your eggs in one basket. So I really do applaud you for allowing you guys to play that and uh, take a break from this mentally enduring sport of baseball, you know. 
Absolutely. You know, at, at the end of the day, guys, we're, we're dealing with 15 to 18-year-old boys and, and their kids. And, and when we get an off day in baseball, I want them to go do something besides baseball. Uh, you know, just take your mind off of it. And, and it is mentally fatiguing and draining. And, you know, you look back and you think, well, we don't play that many games in high school, you know, as opposed to college where you're playing 60 to 70 games with the postseason. And, uh, and and they, they just haven't grown into that yet and understand it. You know, also the, the fatigue on the body, the, the body hasn't matured, and the body needs a rest even when it does. And I tell you, you know, not, not to break off on a tangent, but um, after I got done playing, I had the opportunity to, to work at Auburn Montgomery and coach there. And like I said, my dad was a high school coach, and I went back to watch him play in the playoffs one night. And I saw a quarterback for the other team that they're playing, and he was the only chance they had of beating my dad's team. And he gave him a chance, and dad had a safety that signed with Clemson University that went, went up made a play late in the game that kind of sealed the deal for them. Well, fast forward while I'm coaching, uh, that kid's playing at a junior college in Alabama, and I watched him play in a fall classic at Patterson Field. And after I watched him throw two innings, I said, I've seen all that I need to see that kid's a winner. You know, he, he competes, and, and he's going to do everything that he can uh, to give his team that chance. And um, we signed him, and, and he came in, and he actually he got hurt for us. But he was always a good clubhouse guy, and, and he was well worth the scholarship, what he did for the team. And he was able to come back later and contribute as a senior for us. So you, you never know who's going to see you where and what's going on and how it's going to affect them. You know, it's, I know that with Coach Saban, if he's signing a football player that plays basketball, he wants to go watch a guy play basketball and really see how he moves in that setting. So, you know, if he's athletic enough to adapt into that other sport, then it's just going to make him more valuable when he gets to you. Hey, Coach, this is Rick Patterson. Uh, congratulations on a great year you're having. You know, just keep battling. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And I understand that you guys have uh, – you're going to start your area play and the next few days, and you know, you what do you got three teams that you got to play, and you what do you play a doubleheader? And if you win those two, you don't play the third day, or do you play and you just uh, let the other kids play? I don't really know how that works. I mean, I talked to someone the, today about that. Explain that to me. The, the third game is a tiebreaker game, so. I think by by rule that the first game you play at each site is the counter game, and then the third game is a tiebreaker if needed. Uh, I know some situations with some schools and travel that they'll play both games and agree to just let those be the counters. But those first two games that you play uh, are the ones that count, and it really doesn't come into effect unless you need that tiebreaker. In a three-team area, you know, there'd have to be a lot of things go screwy for it to come into play with that mathematically. Um, I know that when I was at Baldwin County High School, we had a five-team area, and there were a couple of times that came down to the last week where the tiebreakers would have come into effect if baseball hadn't played out before it got there. Right, and I, it it seems like you like those two-sport guys, three-sport guys. You know, I, I know a, if you go back and you look at the history of it, especially in high school, most kids played more than one sport. And I know today – 
there's a lot of kids, you know, just uh, playing uh, like baseball or just play football because of the wear and tear. But, you know, there's – I don't think kids get burnt out. I, I, you know, if kids are having success and what they're doing, I think the game kind of catches up with them. And, and that's why I really don't believe kids if – you're, if you're doing well, you don't get burnt out in this game. And I think that sometimes it's overplayed. That you know that you your body, and see football is an emotional game, and as you know, and you've been around it, and baseball is you can't show too much emotions. Your emotions have got to be controlled in baseball, because it's such the long period of time you've got to be able to control it. And if you get too excited, you know, like football. I mean, I, I played football. I didn't even play high school baseball, and and I and I love football. But I couldn't coach football because I was too emotional. When I got in foot and into baseball, it was totally different. You know, I, I knew I had to. I couldn't go out there and be emotional for seven innings or nine innings in the game because you'd be completely wore out. And I think that's where the the, the football players they come in with their their athletic ability or basketball players. I've seen some good basketball players too that are good athletes. I refereed basketball for over twenty years in the city of Mobile, and I would go into uh, watch. Tomanville play and, and referee the game and I'd see two point guards and I'm going wow these two guys right here they need to be playing baseball somewhere I mean they are quick and, and they're athletic and those are kind of and we lost a lot of players we didn't lose baseball players to football we lost a lot of baseball players to basketball because see they overlapped and that's right. and that's what really hurts a lot of the kids in basketball because they overlap. But the football players, most of them, you know, if they played more than one sport, they would be baseball players. Well, coach. yeah, you know, I agree. But, you know, we we played uh, two weeks ago. We played University of uh, University High School out of Johnson City, Tennessee, and they had seven basketball players who were still playing in their state playoffs there. I believe they were in the championship when they came down. You know, luckily for us, being 7-8 and our area starting so late, um, if we have those guys like Caden who come in, you know, they they have time to get their work in, get their reps in, you know, and have the game slow down for them before we really hit those games in April that do matter. Yeah, I I saw one kid from St. Paul that he got there late, and now I think he's the leadoff hitter, and that was because he was playing basketball. Because I'd I'd seen a couple of games, I you know I'd go out there. I got a couple of kids that I hit with, and I was I was like, who is that guy? Where's that guy from? And they said, well, he just come off the basketball court. And you know what? He's a good player, very good player. Yeah, I mean that's usually you, if you see those guys that are playing those overlapping sports. I mean, uh, a lot of times those are your best athletes, especially at small schools where they have to share those kids in every sport. And if they don't play, they're not going to have a competitive team. I agree. Well, Coach Joey, again, uh, I I want to thank you for coming on, but I want to talk to you just a little bit more. I think you can tell that we're a close knit group here, and our objective is to to 
bring baseball back to life in Mobile in the Baldwin County area. And we work together, we meet together, you know, uh, periodically, and and we we pull for all the teams. Of course, we all understand with a competitive spirit, but in between the lines, it's it's fight, 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 win, win, win. But but you know, there's a sportsmanship part to it as well and and we we understand that and and we want you to know that we're pulling for your fair hope pirates and 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 before we before we wrap it up here coach tell us a little bit about how you got the fair hope job and and a little bit about your career i know you you said you're from gadsden state and 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 you you coached under qv low and you have connections you coached with Donnie Spahn, and and you replaced Stu Filler, and and that's that's an honor to, to come behind somebody that, that did such a great job at Fairhope. Yeah, uh, you know Joey, I'm I'm from Northeast Alabama, and and long story short, uh, as I got older, I kind of migrated and ran back up and came down. And uh, after I played junior college, I played at Auburn Montgomery. I stayed on and coached there for a handful of years. And I kind of hit that point in my career to where I was going to have to start bouncing around as a college coach uh, just just to move and move up with how the game is at that level. And I said, you know, it's, so I, I went back home and, and I took a job there back at high school and, and leaving, you know, the second assistant at a small four-year school, I think I got about a $20,000 raise by taking a high school job. It was a lot of money at that time, too. Um and so I went up there, and, and the second year that I was there, I think we had a 100-year freeze, and the 12th day that I had snow on my baseball field at the 1st of March, I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to move as far south as I can. And so we had our spring break after the second round of the playoffs. It fell super late. And I just drove down to the beach, uh, went to Gulf Shores. At that time, Mark Freeman was there, and he and I sat down and talked. And I said, you know, I, I just want to go to a high school and, and be where I want to be at down here. And so uh, I had the opportunity to work with Donnie. I, I'd met Donnie a couple of times just on the recruiting trail and, and seeing guys in these spring break tournaments. And uh, they had a move there. And so I, I went as a football coach to Baldwin County High School and helped Peter Bezzeretti up there, and, and Pete's still one of my best friends to this day, as Donnie is too, just super guys. Um, and, and Pete and I worked together for two years at Baldwin County. And then when Bez went to Robertsdale, I took over up there. I stayed for seven years after that. And my wife, she teaches at elementary school here in Fairhope. And I just, uh, you know, I, I felt like I'd reached the point to where we had small kids and and I wanted to spend more time with them. And so uh, Stuart and I talked about it, and it was a good fit for us to work together. You know, we had had some super competitive games the decade before and came in here and I worked with him, uh, really got to see another side of him. And, you know, and, and I, I appreciate him and respect him and his family more from, from meeting them and being with them on a personal level. Uh, you know, not just as a coach, being the great coach that he is, but also as a man, too, and how he cares for the kids. It really does. And, uh, you know, he he just felt like it was time for him to change the scenery. And and I, I was here and just kind of, the, you know, at the right place at the right time. And, and I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to be here now and 
you know, I, I can't say enough about the people that I came from and all the ones I worked with in the past. But I'm I'm really am proud to be where I'm at, and you know, I, I have no intentions of going anywhere for a very long time now. Well, this is great, Coach, and, and I, I'm so glad that y'all are having a great season and and, and continue that. You, you, you have a outstanding hitting ball club and, and and you're doing your best job as a coach and i want to thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing the information you have shared with us tonight and we, we as a group here uh, on the batter's box we wish the fairhope pirates all the luck in the world for the remainder of the season coach well, guys, it's truly an honor to get to spend this time with you this evening and talk about these things. And that's, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're playing our best baseball yet this year, and that's a good thing. And if we can stay healthy and, and we get lucky, you know, it, it could be an exciting year for this bunch. And, and I'm really, really looking forward to see what they're capable of doing if all that works out. I, that, that's great, Coach. And we'll end on this. Go Pirates. Go Pirates. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. See you all soon. This is Joey Warner with the Batters Box. And again, I want to thank you, Ricky, my co-host, Ricky Patterson, for coming on. Joe Connick, Wade Ward. Y'all surprised me, man. I'm so glad y'all came down here and we were able to enjoy this comedy. Oh, you didn't, you didn't invite him? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? We just heard there was a party down here. <laughs> that was great. I thought every, that you'd planned all this. Hey, they Joe called me about a quarter to eight. Oh, so every time you get there, I say five till eight. He says, we'll be there. Wade's on his way. So I'm, I'm glad y'all came down, man. This was a real experience. It's brand Joe, new for Joe us. Joe called me right before that and told me I, we were invited down. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I got to tell I it, I, I got to tell a story that we were in uh, Wichita, Kansas. Oh. Do you remember that? Do I? <laughs> there was a pitcher on the team that uh, one of the scouts with the White Sox that they warned him. Uh, Mertens, Pat Mertens, uh, black belt karate, uh, about six five, left hand pitcher. And uh, we, the guy was working him out in the bullpen. And uh, Wade comes over and goes, I can do that. I can do everything he does. I want to go sign play, pro ball. And Wade got up there, and I'm telling you what, he did exactly what Pat did, except, you know, he was a lefty and he was a righty. But he, he, he never saw or played any game that he didn't think he was going to be successful in. Every game he played, he played with everything he had. And he he was a very, very good player. If he would have hit the books hard, he would have got more of an opportunity to play. And that's my main thing tonight for all these young kids out there. If you're listening or the parents are listening, make sure they listen to this. I talked to a kid today, real smart kid, and I said, look, there's, this is how simple it is. If you're a good player and you don't get an opportunity uh, and out of high school, but you got good grades and you can extend your opportunity to play, that means that you can go, you can walk on at a, at a college and then still play if you want to play. But if you don't, if you are a great player and other colleges, they want to sign you, but your grades are bad, then they can't get you in. And that's why, you know, you've got to really focus on in your uh, high school career of making sure that you get your grades. That is one of the main things that you can extend your, your future with. I was fortunate. 
I was not that good a student, but I was fortunate to get to junior college. As I said, I never played high school baseball. Never played. And when I went to Faulkner, of course, I played during the summer. But when I went to college, I had a friend of mine named Ed East. And Ed was a very, very good player, baseball player, played shortstop for us at, at Faulkner. And Ed, every day, we would go to the bowling alley, and he wouldn't. He said, "Come on, Rick. We, you know, we're still having tryouts. I want, you know, we need a second baseman because I played second uh, during the summer, but I pitched when I was little." And I said, "Ed, I'm not interested in, you know, I, I'm really not interested in going out for the team." I said, "You know, I'm having a good time. I'm chasing the girls. I'm having a blast." And we were at the bowling alley, and they had a bowling class that day, and the head baseball coach was was having the class and I said I got to get this guy off my back so he the coach come walking by and I grabbed him by the pants and I said are you still having workouts and I looked over at Ed and he's got a big old grin on his face and uh he said yeah he said you're thinking about you know coming out for the team I said yeah he said what position you play I said what do you need he says I need a catcher and I said, I can catch. And he kicked me under the table. Ed kicked me under the table. And, and I started laughing. Well, I made a commitment. And so I said, okay, I'll go out. But I was lifting weights and everything. And I was stronger than I'd ever been. And I went out for the team. And the first throw I made, I made a team. But if it wasn't for that opportunity to be in junior college, where where I've been, I've been all over the world in baseball. Baseball's been great to me. And... I can think I look back at that and that's why I want all these young people out there get your books. There was a kid that played and you brought him up tonight. There was a kid that played at St. Paul. He was a third baseman. And I don't think he was recruited out of high school. And he went to Mississippi College. Blaine Crim. That's correct. He went to Mississippi College and he got out there and he decided, well, I'm gonna go out for the team. Long story short, that guy's on, he was on the 40-man roster this year. He's in AAA now with the Rangers. But that's a perfect example. Good student that went and left there, didn't have any opportunities to go, goes up there and plays at Mississippi College, played for three, four years, drafted by the Rangers, and now he's knocking on the door in the big leagues. Young people, you got to get your grades. Got to. And that's why I really want to push it. And, you know, it's very, very important for all the young people out there to understand that. That's words of wisdom from Ricky Patterson, and it's the truth. Ricky, thank you so much. Amen. <laughs> Joe Connick, Wade Board. Yeah. This is Joey Warner with the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. We're signing out. <laughs>